Hello, welcome to the Comprehensive Canadian University Guide, where we invite admission officers and students from various universities across Canada to speak about their experiences and provide helpful tips for prospective students. This series will be formatted through discussions with our guests, where we present some frequently asked questions to shed a spotlight onto a variety of schools and programs. If you like this episode, please rate and share us on iTunes and follow us at CCUG Podcast on Instagram. Just a disclaimer, we're not associated with any of the universities, institutions, or programs featured on our podcast. This content is accurate as of the publishing date and is only applicable for the 2020-21 academic school year. We do not take any responsibility for future changes in admission protocols. Hi, my name is Noah. Uh, And I'm Simon. And you're listening to the Comprehensive Canadian University Guide. Today, we have some special guests from the University of Waterloo. Would you guys care to introduce yourselves? Sure. My name is William Bishop, and I'm the Director of Admissions for the Faculty of Engineering at the University of Waterloo. My name is Delaney Lindstrom-Pumphreys, and I'm currently a third-year mechanical engineering student at the University of Waterloo. And I'm Mariana Radulovic, and I'm the Associate Director of Admissions for the Faculty of Engineering. All right, great. So Waterloo is renowned worldwide for a number of programs, and engineering is among them. How large is the engineering program at Waterloo, and what proportion of the students at Waterloo are studying engineering? So we have over 6,500 undergraduates studying in the Faculty of Engineering at the University of Waterloo. These students represent approximately 20% of the undergraduate student population at the University of Waterloo. Perfect. Next, um, we're wondering, for for our wonderful student who's joined us, um, how did you decide engineering was a good fit for you, and what made you want to attend Waterloo? Good question. So I was one of those students who really enjoyed and was good at math and science in high school. So when I started to hear a bit more about engineering, I thought it was a field I could create a positive impact. So the hands-on and experiential learning was really important to me, and Waterloo was a really good fit for that. It was initially the robustness of Waterloo's co-op program that drew me to Waterloo, like having six work terms to try out different fields. I knew it was something that would help me shape my career path in a unique way that I really didn't see available at any other university. And I also thought the cohort system was a great idea, and it made the thought of leaving every four months for a work term a lot more reassuring when I knew I would be coming back to the same set of classmates. And as an out-of-province student, it was actually the tour of Waterloo that really helped sell me on it. Next, we're wondering, um, what has Waterloo's response been to COVID-19, and how will it affect incoming and current engineering students? Sure, I'll uh, try to answer that. The University of Waterloo is adapting quickly as it can to the ongoing pandemic. Obviously, it's difficult to predict the next year or two. It's clear that the pandemic has had a profound effect upon university life, and the university is leveraging our experience as a leader in distance education to deliver compelling courses through remote delivery. It's a challenge that requires innovation, which is the strength of our university. From an admissions perspective, we anticipate slightly fewer applicants over the next year. I would expect that students will be presented with some great opportunities for furthering their education at universities in both Ontario and abroad. We also anticipate that we will need to make our admissions decisions with less information than we would typically know. For this reason, applicants that distinguish themselves during the admission process will do very well. Our admissions team will work with all applicants to best assess their qualifications. All right, great. 
So now let's move on to the academic section. So uh, could you tell us a bit about what the first year is like academically? And did you have any electives or what options were there? Definitely. It was a difficult adjustment period at first. I like to describe the transition from high school to university learning as a mindset switch that needs to go off. You're no longer learning for the sake of just answering a question, but rather for the sake to be able to like fully understand how to solve a problem and find solutions that way. I think in general, you can expect that a university engineering degree is going to be difficult and they're going to be harder than what you would face in high school but it is mostly just figuring out what you need to change about your study style or study habits to adapt to the larger workload. And even if you're struggling to figure out how to make that adjustment yourself initially, there are a bunch of supports to help you along the way once you get here. I think different programs have their first electives at different times at Waterloo. So for myself personally, I had my first elective in my second semester of first year or in our 1B term. Um, the electives you take initially are going to be just complementary study electives, and those would include anything from like psychology to like society, technology, and values courses or environmental science courses. I actually took a course on environmental and sustainability assessment, so I really enjoyed that. But your degree is fairly tightly structured to make sure everyone is able to meet the degree requirements. But in your upper years, that's when you start to get a lot more freedom with your electives and choose technical elective courses, which is really exciting. And Waterloo is known for having a, a very rigorous workload. So we're wondering, how, how do students tend to manage it all? With help. <laughs> I mentioned the cohort system right off the get-go, but I think the way it is structured, you are with classmates for the entirety of your degree, except the electives you take or the technical study electives that you choose. So we all know that everyone in our cohort is busy. It's the nature of our degree, but it definitely helps knowing that we're going through this together. If someone has an interview in the middle of class, for example, they know they can always get notes from a classmate. Um, so that is something that is easy and helps out along the way. Um, in the event that someone does fall behind, you really learn how to prioritize what needs to be done first and make sure your big deliverables don't fall through the cracks. It's hard to figure that out at first, that you can't do everything, but trying to be an island makes it hard. So you have to know where to get help. You have to know when to ask for help and learn to just not sweat the small stuff. So uh, considering Waterloo has 15 undergraduate programs for engineering, all of which are entered in the first year, are there any that stand out as being particularly competitive or challenging? Great. Uh, we have three programs that stand out as having highly competitive admission processes. Uh, the programs are software engineering, biomedical engineering, and architecture. Our software engineering program attracts some of the best applicants from all over the world. Uh, students in this program benefit from courses offered by the School of Computer Science, as well as the Faculty of Engineering. These students are frequently sought for co-op placements in Silicon Valley, so admission to the software engineering program is highly competitive. It requires not only great grades, but some demonstration of programming knowledge and experience. Our biomedical engineering program benefits from our strengths in the design of medical technologies and assistive devices. The program is delivered to a small but dedicated class of approximately 90 students. Admission to this program tends to be highly competitive. We have applicants being hand-selected from the applicant pool. And the final program that I'd like to talk about is the architecture program. Students spend much of their time in design studios at our Cambridge campus, 
fourth year students have an opportunity to live and study architecture in Rome, uh, which is a very unique opportunity presented to the students. Uh, the architecture program uses a slightly different admission process. And one of the things that's interesting about the process is that an interview is required for admission to the program. And as kind of a follow-up to that, for you, Delaney, what program are you in and how did you decide it was the best fit for you? So I'm not in any of those three, but I'm in mechanical engineering. After the initial decision to go into engineering, I was trying to figure out which discipline would be the best fit for me. I knew I wanted to do something that helped people and I'm really passionate about energy and sustainable development. So it was actually when I was scrolling through a bunch of career boards that I found mechanical engineering and I thought it would be the best sector to go in to open up the most future doors. The really cool thing about mech is that you see them in so many different fields and different sectors. And I think it's that, that diversity in career that really helps them stand out. So we understand Waterloo has something called an option, which is a combination of courses that provide knowledge in another area that appear on the graduate's degree. For students interested in fields outside of their program, can you explain how the option system works and what options exist? How do they help students to become more successful after they graduate? Uh, degree personalization is something that's valued by our applicants and our students. Many engineering students seek knowledge of other ideas and disciplines to better understand the impact of their work. The options provide exposure to other fields of study through a convenient package of courses. They're designed to complement a student's program of study. Options do not require as much coursework as a minor or a double degree, but they often deliver similar value. Some of our popular options include software, mechatronics, artificial intelligence, entrepreneurship, and management sciences. In some cases, knowledge obtained through course options will influence the career paths of students. A course might inspire a student to consider a co-op placement they might not otherwise consider. Uh, in this sense, options open doors for some of the students. And Delaney, what, what option are you taking, if any? And if you are taking an option, why did you decide to take it? For sure. I'm actually trying to pursue an option in environmental engineering. I really like MEC and the way I can make more structural changes. And since I'm also interested in taking care of the environment, I had looked over the requirements for the environmental engineering option ahead of time and realized that they were all courses I was really interested in. So taking an option really means that you just have to overload a semester somewhere to fit in one of those additional courses that you like, but everything else lined up with exactly what I wanted to do anyway. I don't think options are something that everyone needs, as sometimes they can be a bit harder to fit in with the rest of your course schedule. What matters is whether you are learning about what you are interested in. So on a similar theme, Waterloo Engineering has complementary studies, which are mandatory courses in things like humanities, economics, and the impact of technology on society. How does the complementary studies component work, and how does it benefit Waterloo students beyond the classroom? So all accredited engineering programs in Canada require students to take courses in complementary studies. Through these complementary studies courses, students gain a better understanding of the impact of their work. I certainly see the benefit in our students uh, being exposed to ideas outside of their engineering discipline. It certainly makes for well-rounded students. Perfect. So next, we wanted to ask about the nature of like, the nature of Waterloo engineering courses. Are they mostly in lecture? Are they mostly in labs? Is it very hands-on? 
so one thing we know is that Waterloo engineering courses tend to be more hands-on than some other universities uh, engineering programs and courses. Uh, we have quite a few labs and projects associated with our courses. They're designed to prepare our students for the co-op work term placements that they will eventually do. The labs tend to be ones that are fairly structured in the first two years of the program, but as we move towards third and fourth year, the projects get more involved and require more independent thought and independent design. Uh, so it's definitely a significant part of the learning process. The lectures are, are standard lectures. Uh, we tend to have either one hour lectures three times a week or one and a half hour lectures twice a week. Yeah, I think the only thing I would add is outside of your regular labs, I find that Waterloo tries to have a lot larger focus on the projects that you're involved in. And especially in first year, they'll set up specific project days or like for some programs it's called design days to have that initial introduction to what design looks like while being a Waterloo engineering student. And I think that really sets the foundation for what students are expecting for the rest of their degree. They're expecting to be hands-on working on these projects and really getting a feel for what they're able to create. All right, so let's go into the extracurriculars and student life segment of this episode. So Waterloo student culture is rumored to be ultra competitive and have little social life among high school circles. How much validity is there to those rumors in your experience? I would say these rumors are just blown out of proportion. There are a variety of communities and a robust student life at Waterloo. You just have to be willing to look for it. In some schools, that sense of student life is just sort of handed to you. But at Waterloo, you have to be willing to embrace it and find the community that fits you best, if that makes sense. Nothing at Waterloo is just handed to you, but there is a community for absolutely other, like absolutely everyone. Whether you're interested in dance, sports, like student government, cards, you just have to look where you're going to fit in. And it's never hard to find, which is always a positive. And almost as a follow-up to that, what are the residences like in what options are available? Good question. So I really enjoyed my residence experience and there are a few different types of residences at Waterloo. There's main campus residence halls and then college residences, which are typically smaller and connected to a certain program but are open to everyone. So in my first year, I lived at St. Jerome's University College Residence. So I have that smaller college residence experience. And even though St. Jerome's was technically connected to the Faculty of Arts, there were still a ton of engineering students living there, and it just had an overall great community atmosphere. I think residence was the place that definitely helped me feel at home at Waterloo, especially since I was so far from my home province. Um, the main campus residences, on the other hand, are a bit larger, but with so many engineering first years around, there should always be another engineering student not so far away. The nice thing about residences is the sense of community they work to establish overall. It's also a chance to meet people not just from your program. So you can meet other engineering students, people from the different faculties, and I think that's something really important in your first exposure to the university. All right, so Waterloo is well known for having a lot of diversity when it comes to international students. How does that add to the student culture at the university? Well, certainly we, we value having a diverse uh, group of students and we strive for that when we're doing the admissions process. Uh, you might be surprised to find out that the percentage of foreign students is, is surprisingly low in the engineering student body. 
in the Faculty of Engineering, we have 892 international students at the undergraduate level. So this only represents 14% of our student body. And that's smaller than comparable institutions and perhaps somewhat uh, tied to the fact that we're a strong co-op school. So we have to have international placements for students in, in some cases. Most international students adapt very well to studying at the University of Waterloo. It's important to remember that our international students are a self-selected group of individuals who are seeking to study in Canada. Uh, they're often well-traveled despite their age and they seek to integrate into Canadian university life. They also have ties to the University of Waterloo in many cases or ties to Canada that have caused them to consider studying here. Perfect. And next, back to you, Delaney. Uh, what are some of the major extracurriculars that many engineering students are involved in and what have you been involved in? A whole variety. I think there are a ton of students involved in design teams. So I'd say that is definitely a major one. And then there are a lot of engineering students involved in the engineering society, orientation, intramurals, and various clubs across campus. So I'm currently very involved in the engineering society as I'm currently the EngSoc president. And I have also gotten involved in intramurals, engineering orientation, engine ambassadors, as well as a few other things during my time here so far. No matter what you're interested in, and for anyone listening to the podcast, definitely get involved in something outside of class, no matter which program you choose. And at Waterloo, no matter what you end up doing, odds are you're going to run into another engineer along the way. All right, Delaney, because you are doing so well, we're going to give you a surprise bonus question. So you said you were from out of the province. So what was it like moving all the way to uh, Kitchener-Waterloo? And what's it like living in Kitchener-Waterloo now? I think the moving process was pretty smooth. Um, it was just a long drive. I decided to drive up because I didn't want to figure out how to put my things on the plane. And it was a nice road trip for me and the family. Um, once I got here, I was really impressed with the amount of like walk walkable areas around. So just the variety of paths and where I'm from, I'm used to sort of having to drive everywhere, whereas Waterloo, I could get almost anywhere I needed to without a car, which was a really pleasant surprise for me. I think the big adjustment period was just figuring out the subtle differences between Ontario and Alberta, but the community at Waterloo was so welcoming that I never really felt like I was that far from home because Waterloo became my home away from home. All right. So now we're going to transition to the next section, which is student support and co-op. So our first question is going to be a bit more on the student support side. Um, we're wondering, since all Waterloo uh, engineering programs start first year, if a student decides that they don't like their program and would like to switch, is that possible? And does that set them back greatly? So I'll start by saying that uh, transferring from one engineering discipline to another is a fairly rare occurrence for our students. Most of our students know exactly what they want to study when they come here. And they're very career focused and they've given quite a bit of thought to their chosen field of study. There are pathways available to them, but obviously it takes hard work and dedication to uh, successfully switch to another program and they have to be highly motivated to do so. And I can just add on to that a little bit because Waterloo is direct entry into our program. We do know what we want to do, but in the, event that you have someone who's like a little unsure or realizes within the first couple of weeks of class that oh this really isn't for me 
I'd say the sooner you realize you want to switch, the better. There's going to be some programs that it's significantly easier to switch into, but there's always that limit of, is there room? Because when you were admitted, you were admitted into a certain spot in a certain program, so you don't always have that wiggle room around you. If you take ECE, for example, which is electrical and computer engineering, it might not be that difficult for an electrical engineer to switch into computer engineering in first year because their courses are really similar, so it just depends if they're room. But if you want to take a nanotechnology engineering student, for example, who maybe realizes they want to switch into civil, that would definitely set them back a little bit because their first year courses are so different. So I think the thing to be aware of is if you've made your decision on your program and realize you want to switch, definitely try because you don't want to do your degree in something you don't like, but be okay with the fact that it might set you back a little bit in the process. But it's also okay because you'll, you'll be joining a new cohort and you'll have a new support system to help you out. And if I could add one more thing to uh, that answer, uh, one thing I thought of is the, the options give students in some cases the ability to take courses in that other discipline that they may be interested in. So it might be a good way of bridging the gap. Uh, for example, if, if a student decides that they really want to learn more about mechatronics, they might be able to take the mechatronics option and essentially achieve many of the goals that they were trying to achieve by switching their degree. At the end of the day, any degree from uh, the Faculty of Engineering at the University of Waterloo is, is a widely uh, reputable degree. So it's definitely uh, something to be proud of. Yep, and I'll just also add a little tidbit <laughs> on this topic. Um, your co-op uh, work terms are also a great opportunity to actually uh, use that to, you know, try a field that maybe has a little bit of that other type of engineering you're thinking of studying or even um, that you might be interested in exploring. So you're not limited to which job you apply to, rather, uh, when you're looking for your co-op job. So if you're a computer engineer and they're looking for a software engineer, you could apply for that job. It mimics the real world. No one's going to tell you that you can't apply for a certain job. Perfect. And just as a quick follow-up, so as we mentioned before, Waterloo has 15 undergraduate programs. So for a prospective student, you know, who wants to apply but is struggling to figure out which program they want to go into, do you have any advice, any specific advice for them? Yeah, I'll, I'll take this one. Um, first, uh, start your research early. I think the fact that you guys are doing this and that someone's listening to this out there um, is a great first step. We, uh, we have something online available now where you can request to chat to a current um, University of Waterloo student. Uh, so they're called ambassador chats. You can Google them. Um, and they're real students like Delaney who are willing to talk to high school students who are maybe debating one or two different types of engineering programs or multiple ones. So you can choose to speak to one student or multiple students as well. There's also something that was available before and is coming back online uh, shortly. So it should be on there uh, by October of this year. And that's the um, a test that you can do online um, that basically just tracks, you answer questions, uh, ask you about your interests, and then it gives you a few uh, suggestions on the types of engineering programs that you want might wanna research more into. But I really think that the best way to find out what's for you is uh, to look at job descriptions to see if they appeal to you, 
to look at to talk to current engineering students and that can be at other universities not just waterloo um, and really if you can find someone who works in a particular industry you think you might be interested in ask them like what they like about it what don't they like about it i think those are great ways to start i don't know if delaney wants to add anything on her journey yeah, i can add a little bit there I know for me when I was looking, in addition to looking at job boards, I actually looked up Waterloo Engineering's like course calendar and was just sifting through all of the fourth year courses to find the ones that I was the most interested in. And for me, the ones I was most interested in were all in the mechanical engineering program. So for me, it was sort of an indication that, oh, this is a proper fit, both interest-based and career-wise, as well as academically. So putting those together gave me like a peace of mind about my decision, which was good. That's a great piece of advice, Delaney. I, I can't tell you how many students I've interacted with that have never actually looked at what courses they'll take in the future. And I'm always surprised by that. You know, if you're going to sign up for a, a university program and you're going to invest four years of your life in, in a program, it really makes sense to look at the courses that are offered and try to figure out whether it's a good fit for you. Uh, I know it's a tough decision for high school students to make, but it's uh, something that you need to take the time to do. Uh, so definitely do your research and try to find out whether it's the right program for you. Hi, very nice. So Waterloo has the world's largest co-op program, at least according to its website. Considering all engineering students are automatically entered into the co-op, can you explain how the program works? Sure. Uh, the University of Waterloo does have the largest co-op program of its kind in the world. Uh, there are many different types of co-op programs and internship programs out there, uh, but ours is uh, one of the longest standing as well. It's been a part of our university since its inception in 1957, and it's a required component of our engineering degree programs. Uh, the way it works is that all students have an opportunity to complete six co-op work term placements that are normally four months in duration. Students apply for placements using an in-house uh, system. They interview with employers either on campus in our Tatham Center or remotely using video conferencing technologies. After the interviews, the students and the employers submit rankings. These rankings are used to assign students to co-op placements. And obviously we, we do our best to ensure that, that students get their first choice. Uh, we do try to also make sure that as many students as possible get placed. So it's a combination of those two factors. There's actually several rounds of interviews and rankings that occur. Most of our co-op placements are located in urban centers in Ontario, but we have a worldwide network of employers offering co-op placements all over the world. Of course, students have the choice as to whether they want to apply to a remote job or whether they want to apply to, apply to a local job. Uh, inside of Ontario, Toronto, Ottawa, and Waterloo are three cities that offer the most co-op placements. Outside of Ontario, we have a number of students working in Vancouver, Montreal, San Francisco, Seattle, and New York City. Uh, we do have a small number of placements in Europe and some in Asia as well. And as a follow-up, a follower on Instagram asked, how does co-op offerings at Waterloo differ from other universities? So that's, that's a really good question. I think it's important to understand the distinction between Waterloo, which is was quite unique in its co-op program, and many of the other universities that offer co-op. So one of the unique aspects of the co-op at Waterloo is that it starts very early in the program, and this causes students to mature very quickly through their studies. Um, 
effectively either your first academic term or your second academic term, you'll be applying for your first co-op job. And you'll actually go to work within the first year of your studies at the University of Waterloo. So that's the first significant difference. The second significant difference is the fact that you have six different co-op placement opportunities. So you can actually work at six different jobs, or if you choose to, you can work at the same job six times and perhaps move through the ranks and actually uh, move up from having a very junior job to perhaps being a manager towards the end of your career uh, in the co-op program. So there's, there's opportunity to uh, take advantage of all of these different uh, jobs and placements and locations that we have connections to. And I think the, the last uh, piece of the puzzle that's really important is that we have such a strong network of co-op employers. And because we have such a strong network of co-op employers and, and alumni out there that they're willing to hire uh, co-op students from the University of Waterloo, uh, the job opportunities that we have are just substantially better than many of the other institutions in Canada. So Delaney, where did you go for your co-op? What was it like and what do you feel you learned from the experience? Well, for my first co-op, I ended up moving to one of those main city centers and I was up in Ottawa. So I was working for Natural Resources Canada in their Office of Energy Research and Development, learning they had a lot of acronyms, but I was working with their electric vehicle infrastructure development team and was helping to sift through all the funding proposals and the technical review committees. So I ended up learning a ton about emerging EV charging technology. And even though it was a quote unquote desk job, it really set me up well for future co-ops. Each co-op term is like a stepping stone to future opportunities. And I think that's one of the main benefits in having so many co-op terms. Perfect. So we're wondering, how does the university support students dealing with mental health crises? This is a great question. It's widely recognized that engineering programs demand significant effort that can place stress on students. For decades, we've offered specialized first-year instruction, mentoring, and counseling services to our students to help them successfully transition into engineering. In recent years, mental wellness has become a significant concern at all universities, not only for students, but also for staff and faculty. Uh, we've taken numerous initiatives to improve the wellness of our university community as a whole. We've signed on to the Okanagan Charter, which requires us to embed health into aspects of campus culture. Uh, we've hired more counselors and advisors, and we've engaged our students for input on how we can improve the, uh, the wellness of our campus community. Our two largest departments have hired dedicated staff members to promote wellness. Uh, that's a relatively recent development within the last two years. Uh, we've devoted more resources to wellness initiatives, and we've also made some positive changes to our curriculum to balance academic loads and ensure the wellness of all students. The steps that we've taken are positive steps, but we must also recognize that everyone plays a role in ensuring the mental health of our university community. And I can just add on a little bit there. Mental health in university is definitely tough, and it's going to be even tougher in such a rigorous program. Um, another support available to students at Waterloo is actually a peer support program. So if you're a little bit nervous about going to like talk to a counselor or don't know those first couple of steps in getting professional help, we have peer supports who are just other students trained to help support students dealing with different issues, whether it's mental health, whether it's trying to like trying to balance being overwhelmed or feeling overwhelmed with everything you have on your plate. 
So I think that's another great resource for students helping students. So now let's transition into the last section of this podcast, the admissions section. But first, I'm going to start by stating that we won't go into any averages or marks because they are dynamic and they change year by year and program by program. And that we will be talking in more broad terms, not looking at specifics. But to get specifics, students should definitely check out the Waterloo website. Could you provide a brief rundown of the application process? Sure. Sometime between October and the middle of January, uh, students must log on to the Ontario University's Application Center website to create and submit an application. The exact timing doesn't play a role in the decision-making process, so it's important for students to realize that. Uh, submitting early doesn't improve your chances. Submitting late doesn't hurt your chances. Uh, when submitting the application, students can only select their one desired engineering program, uh, but we do offer a mechanism through a supplementary application form known as the AIF, or the Admission Information Form, that allows a student to suggest an alternate engineering program. Students will be considered for both programs. Uh, when they complete the application process, they submit the AIF form as well as complete an optional interview. Uh, the interview can only improve your chances of admission, never actually hurts your chances of admission. So I highly recommend that students participate in that. Depending upon the academic history of the applicant, students may also be asked to submit uh, grade transcripts and or test scores. Uh, because we recognize that not all students are studying in the province of Ontario, and sometimes we have to get additional information on the applicants. Uh, if these are required, of course, we will notify the applicant via email, uh, so the student need not worry that, that they're missing out on their application being considered. Uh, we will follow up with students who are missing information. So next, uh, we're wondering if you have any tips for applicants and how they can best fill out the AIF uh, to give them the best chance at acceptance. And also a follower on Instagram asked what extracurricular activities um, should students have when applying? Okay, that's a, that's a great question. So uh, the first thing is that the AIF, is, as we've discussed, is mandatory for all engineering applicants. So it's essential that, that students fill this in. And the keys to a great AIF are that they, number one, prioritize significant activities, awards, and employment on their application. So you wanna make sure that the most important activities show up at the top of the AIF and are clearly highlighted to the uh, readers of the AIF. We wanna make sure that all applicants fill in all sections uh, to the best of their abilities. Uh, if you leave a space blank on the admission information form, you're really missing out on an opportunity to convey information to the admission team. And when answering, it's really essential that students be honest, accurate, and concise. Uh, those are the three most important things that you can do to improve the consideration of your AIF. Now, with respect to the, the question that, that was brought in, with respect to what types of extracurricular activities should exist on the AIF, uh, it really depends upon the program. There are some programs where we look for program-specific activities, and an example of that would be software engineering, where we're looking for some software experience on the AIF. But if we're talking about most engineering programs, it really doesn't matter what the extracurricular activity is. What we're typically evaluating is how much time and effort was placed in the activity. And if there was any success achieved, you know, how has that success transformed the applicant? 
So how has that affected the way the applicant is perceived? Uh, we're really trying to compare one applicant to another. So anything that distinguishes one applicant from another can be really useful. And uh, sometimes people worry that they have to have a certain job or they have to have a certain extracurricular activity like first robotics on, on their application. The answer is you don't have to have any particular activity. We're really just looking for things that speak to why you're a unique applicant and why you're a good fit for the University of Waterloo. And it could just be that you've put a lot of hard work and dedication into a part-time job that happened to be completely irrelevant to engineering, but shows that you're willing to work hard and, and will succeed in our co-op program. So we really look for a, a wide variety of activities. Could be music, could be the arts, could be engineering related activities, could be athletics. All of those things play a, a part in, in our assessment of applicants. All right, so how important is the AIF compared to the applicant's grades? And can really, really good extracurriculars make up for having lower marks or vice versa? So an AIF can play a very important role in the selection of our applicants. I, I often give the example of a, a student years ago who had lower grades but was preparing to enter into the Olympics. And that particular applicant, uh, despite having much lower grades, uh, was accepted into engineering and, and ultimately was successful in the program. And the reason why is that they were spending so much time preparing for the Olympics that as soon as they were able to refocus on their academic studies, uh, they were able to improve their marks and, and get them to be to a level where they were competitive. So definitely the AIF can, can play an important role. While grades are always important, the AIF is uh, sometimes the determining factor in the decision to admit an applicant. And I would say that it's more important for highly competitive programs. Uh, certainly a well-written AIF is essential for a program like software engineering or biomedical engineering. Uh, for less competitive programs, the AIF will play a small role in the admission decisions, but uh, the grades will probably play as much of a role in those situations. All right. So next we'll, we'll bring another question from an Instagram follower. Are any requirements changing for 2021 uh, enrollment or admissions due to COVID? You know, we've, we've discussed various things. Uh, for U.S. applicants, we've traditionally required test scores, uh, SAT and ACTs. We haven't made a decision on, on what we're going to do with respect to that one particular issue. That's the only one that, that comes to mind is uh, changing significantly uh, with respect to COVID. Um, we may make the move to not uh, require those test scores simply because of the fact that uh, students may not have access to the test, but we're waiting to see what the landscape looks like. You know, there's still quite some time before now and of course the middle of January, so we, we still have some time. The application process hasn't started yet. With respect to uh, grades, I don't expect those to change. You know, our, our minimum required average is 85%. Uh, so students need to, to make sure that they meet those minimum requirements. As far as the courses that are required, those are not going to change. Uh, so you can assume that that's all going to remain the same. And there's no reason to believe that uh, a program that's highly competitive now will suddenly become, you know, a lot less competitive or that uh, a less competitive program will suddenly become the most competitive program that we have. So I, I think 
from a standpoint of a, a student in high school that's thinking about applying to the University of Waterloo in this uh, pandemic kind of uh, environment that we're in, I think the, the thing to keep in mind is that you just do the best you can in the process uh, and we'll work with you as, as best we can to assess you correctly and make sure that, that you get uh, all the attention you need. And if you're uh, an applicant that would have been qualified in previous years, you'll be an applicant qualified this year as well. All right. So what is um, the scholarships and bursaries that are available for incoming students and how is student debt affected by co-op terms? Uh, I can speak briefly to the, the scholarships and bursary side of things. Uh, we have approximately 85 named scholarships that are available to engineering students uh, for entrance. Uh, those scholarships generally range anywhere from $1,000 up to, I, I think, about $10,000 in, in value, which is relatively modest if you compare it to other universities. Uh, but the key thing to keep in mind is that the co-op employment experience that you get is paid experience. So when we look at the debt loads of our students, they're generally graduating with less debt load than they would at comparable institutions. I should point out that we do have a scholarship grid, much like uh, most engineering uh, universities across Canada. Uh, our students, uh, depending upon the average that they have in high school, will receive a guaranteed scholarship of, of a certain amount. Uh, so I think the minimum that they get is $1,000 as a result of that scholarship program. And then it goes up to $2,500 when they reach a certain threshold. And there's some additional um, experience opportunities that are available to them if, if they reach the highest threshold of that, that program. Uh, that's called the uh, present scholarship of distinction, which is uh, quite a nice award that, that all students will get coming in. But generally speaking, very few of our engineering students get uh, a name scholarship from the university. There's very few of those available. Uh, so we, we try to spread them out across the programs, but it's a, a fairly small percentage of those that get admitted to the university. So if, if you're one of the lucky applicants who gets a name scholarship, definitely uh, be very proud of that accomplishment because it's a, a tough one to do. All right. So now we're going to move to the question we've asked all of our guests. Sorry, I'm going to rephrase this. I keep doing this. We have not asked all our guests why Waterloo Engineering. So we will move to our last question, uh, which is why Waterloo Engineering? So I guess the question I should ask is, why didn't you ask all your guests why Waterloo Engineering? I mean, maybe that would be a great opportunity to uh, ask the other schools why, why they wouldn't go to Waterloo Engineering. I certainly think Waterloo Engineering is a, a great program that, that we have available for students. It's a unique co-op program, allows students to gain experience in six different jobs, or if they find a job that they really like, they can continue working at the same company in the same role or a different role. At the end of the program, they have two years of work experience, prepares them well for both employment as well as for graduate studies. We haven't talked too much about graduate studies, but certainly uh, many of our students, uh, when they graduate from the University of Waterloo, go on to study a master's degree or a PhD. And, and surprisingly, uh, the work experience is valued very highly by other universities. So it, a lot of our students go on to uh, grad studies at top-notch uh, research institutions. Our alumni network's incredibly strong and diverse. Uh, 
Uh, we have alumni working all over the world, and many of them have achieved incredible success. We're known for entrepreneurs. Uh, the region of Waterloo is filled with startup companies, which leads to an incredibly enriching culture. Uh, we've also had a lot of programs that we've developed at the University of Waterloo to help students start their ventures. In fact, uh, one of the things that's really nice about the University of Waterloo is that students own their intellectual property. So if you come up with a brilliant idea while you're studying at the University of Waterloo, unlike most universities where the university would claim that work as their own, you get to own the entirety of the rights to that idea. So if you come up with a brilliant new application that you write using our computers at the school, we still let you keep 100% of that intellectual property, which is a fantastic opportunity. Uh, we're a select uh, few, uh, uh, one, one of a select few of engineering universities in Canada. They're recognized as a top 100 engineering university worldwide. Uh, this was just reconfirmed in the Times Higher Education rankings that came out. Uh, Waterloo Engineering is recognized for producing the leaders of tomorrow. Uh, our students are successful in their careers, regardless of whether they pursue employment or start a company of their own or pursue academia. And uh, finally, I think it's important to recognize that, that we do have a very vibrant university community. Uh, often that gets lost. I know there was the question about student life earlier, but our students have the opportunity to experience university life, participate in student teams and participate in activities on our beautiful campus. And it's important to remember that the city of Waterloo is largely designed around two university campuses, the University of Waterloo and of course, Wilfrid Laurier University which is just up the street, and uh, Conestoga College. So the in entire region of Waterloo exists to support the university and college community. So it's a very young urban community that, that appeals to a lot of students. I think that for me, it is easily the community and the opportunity. It's definitely the people you are surrounded by that make the difference. And Waterloo has become a place where I know I can be myself 100% of the time and focus on what I'm interested in with a network of like-minded friends. I also think that Waterloo Engineering is the best program to set you up for your future, as you quickly find out there are opportunities for everyone, regardless of what your interests are. All right, perfect. So I think that concludes our episode for today. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. That's all the questions we have for today. Again, a huge thank you to our guests. Stay tuned for future weekly episodes with other universities and programs. Don't forget to share and follow us on Instagram at CCUG Podcast, and feel free to message us if you'd like to request or have questions for a program not yet covered. Until next week, that'll be all. Have a nice day, and we'll talk to you again soon.